I couldn't stop if I wanted to A 9 to 5 is something that I don't wanna do Sit in the cubicle miserable as I slave away Getting complacent with life as my dreams fade away Nah, motivation to go harder I'd rather spit that real shit, I'd probably die a martyr They wanna ride the wave, I hope you got your surfboard Cause it's a high tide though, we try and ball like the Carters Good morning, good evening, good night folks This is your 5 Tool Sports Podcast host Woody Massey And I'm here with Nate Nasty Parker Hey, how's it going Woody? What's going on man? Just you and me today, bud. We had CJ last week, you this week. Maybe we'll slide Brandon in for a one-on-one hey. next. Week. <laughs> like, like I think it's funny. Like all of like, there's probably a segment of our listen listener base that's probably like, wait, those guys can do a show together. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, listen, there's a uh, there's where there's a will, there's a way. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I feel like I feel like we've gotten better at like separating like fantasy football and uh the podcast sometimes oh, for sure should we tell the fantasy football story for the podcast i feel like it's <laughs> let's do let's so, let's save that for right before di- the dynasty segment okay we'll keep fair it short enough. and sweet fair enough uh well, let's jump right in the news today we it's not much it's we're in the dog days of summer folks first off who are you picking for the finals i had picked the suns beforehand if Giannis was healthy, I think this would be a series. But the fact that he's dealing with a knee problem, I think, really holds them back. Just too much firepower on the Suns side. You know what? I like before I before I give my pick because it's I, it, it it does go in op. It, I am picking the Bucks, so I'll give you my pick. But shout out to you. Uh, one of the it was either the first or second NBA podcast uh, that you I think you and CJ did. You basically called out and said the Suns, dark horse of the West. Yep. Like I can see them going and you you said I can see them sneaking in and like with the right matchups, I can see them go, making a deep run. Um, and I, I swear to God, I was the only person saying that. Like when I saw how the Suns were doing, I'm like, I'm like, you know what? Shout out to Woody because I, he is the only one back in November, like late November, early December. He was like, he was like, you know what? The Suns are good. Chris Paul makes them better, that veteran leadership. Like, he's making that entire team better. And honestly, my pick is an emotional one, not based on facts or science. I just don't like Chris Paul. So I, know, I, I cannot. He's very, like, with how much he can But play. I love Devin Booker. So yeah, I'm like, no, torn. Love, well, like, I mean, Devin, Devin Booker's Devin great. Booker, all but... of his shots, you can tell he just watched Kobe so much growing up. Okay. Like, I don't think he's, I think Jason Tatum's more of, like, a Kobe Bryant like yeah. talent but Devin Booker's like all of his shots his fadeaways his like little floaters and that's all Kobe Bryant like it's pretty oh, incredible but no I fell in love with that team last year during the COVID bubble they almost snuck into the playoffs they won nine games in a row they were like nine and oh in the COVID bubble and I was just like oh next year's the year because Aiton started to show it a little bit you know, you know what would have been interesting and I know this is a this is like a what if but if the Warriors had the if the Warriors had had won either of their playing games, that would have made that would have made the uh, the road to the finals interesting in the West. Oh, for sure. I would have thought. I mean, watching. Like, I would have rather seen the Warriors versus the Jazz. Even though even though John Morant put on a show, I love that young Grizzly team. Mm-hmm. It's super fun to watch. But man, I would have loved to see Steph just go at. Oh, absolutely. And in the like the fact that. That the Warriors were even in either of those games was all Steph Curry. Like, I'm interested. I am interested and excited to see how the Warriors put it together next season, especially with Clay coming back off of his. Uh, it's all what uh, they do with those two first rounders. The fact that they got a second from Minnesota in that deal for D'Angelo was insane. Like yeah. they gave two lottery picks for D'Angelo. <laughs> that's, like, that's wild. I, I'll tell you this much. Like if if nothing else. Like the Warriors front office is very, very good at what they do. Yeah. Um, and and honestly, like they're like they they could give two fucks about the uh, the luxury tax. They're like, we're going to keep oh, our yeah. players happy. For sure. We're going to keep the players that want to be here here. Um and well, that I think was a dead franchise until Steph oh, really yeah. turned it around. In in uh, I credit due to Steve Kerr. He's he's done an amazing job with the Warriors. I still maintain that Mark Jackson was fired a year early. I think he could have led that. Like, he built that team 
Well, and you know why he was like, away. Go, right? Uh, no, tell me. There's like, there's a reason why he hasn't gotten another job again. Uh, Mark Jackson, although he was a good, great defensive coach, great mm-hmm. defensive coach, he was like forcibly making the team hold hands, like pray, even if like it wasn't uh-huh. their religion before the uh-huh. game. Yeah, yeah probably, that's 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 pretty frowned upon He's these trying days. Trying to make everyone go to church and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. I, I I think like. So, like, outside of the back basketball acumen, Mark Jackson is, built that team, and I think I think like he had never gone an entire season with a with a healthy Steph Curry, and then Steve Kerr got a healthy Steph Curry all season long the next year. The so wait, you're going Bucks in five? Nah, not Bucks in five. I think Bucks in seven. Seven? See, I, I, like, like I I think I think that if Giannis can. Take it, not take it easy, but recover somewhat over the course of the first couple of games, and then really, like, I can, I feel like I can trust Giannis and his competitiveness to turn it on and close out in six and seven. Yeah, I, I'd go Suns and six. I, with Giannis, the thing was with knees, mm-hmm. the only thing to make knees better is rest. Like, yes. knees don't get better when you use them while you're hurt. So that's why I, I don't think he's going to get better. Dude, so what I'm super excited for, this is the best fight card in a really long time. Saturday. I thought we could cover this real quick. Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor, the trilogy fight. Can't wait for this. I think Conor takes it in the third one. I think he's got something to prove because if he doesn't hit this, it's a little bit of do or die on his career. So we'll see. He won't be ranked in the top five anymore, I think, if he takes this loss twice. True. I think think you'll see... It'll be interesting because I, you know, who else? Like, I'll, I'll pay, I'll pay to see, I'll, I'll see that one. But I'm also gonna, I'd also pay to see Nate Diaz versus Conor McGregor too. They're three. That I think that'll happen. I think that'll happen when it's just uh, Conor steps out of the top five. Yeah. Um, but this fight card though has some really good fights on it. You got Gilbert Ver- Burns versus Stephen Thompson. Burns has had like one of the best last years in the UFC. Uh, Thompson's actually the favorite here because Wonder Boy. Everyone loves Wonder Boy, but I think Wonder Boy's a little washed, honestly. He's he hasn't looked great his last few fights, and uh, Gilbert Burns. I, I think it's a great under undercard. I mean, uh, underdog to take for some betting. And then the fight that I really want to see: Greg Hardy. This is his biggest matchup thus far. He's seven and three ex NFL and Greg Hardy. He's going to be fighting Ty Tavasa. And, uh, man, Hardy is really impressive for how little training he's had. Like, he's he's look, he's starting to look really good. Like, his last few fights, it's very, very impressive. Dude has hands. And then um, Sugar Shane Amali, my favorite young fighter. Like, the guy is just an absolute superstar. He'll be he'll be starting out the card, first fight. Uh, it's just a That'll stacked card. That'll be a good one. Card. Yeah, four out of five. And then you got the ladies, too. Uh, Kunatskaya, she's she's nasty, and uh, Irene Aldana. That'll be a good fight too. But that that it's a really good card. I can't wait for Saturday. But let's dive into some NFL news. Get this popping. Um, not much today, but we did have the battle of Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady on the golf course. We have Bryson DeChambeau, the polarizing young douchey talent of the PGA, <laughs> and then it, he teamed up with Aaron Rodgers. And then old man, fresh winner, Phil Mickelson with Tom Brady. And they played a match the other night. And I, I didn't watch, but Nate, I know you were following it. Tell, tell us what happened. Yeah, so, I mean, Aaron Rodgers uh, didn't have to go for a field goal uh, on, in the 16th hole and sank a putt and uh, buried Tom Brady uh, and Phil. Uh, I'm sure there will be a rematch. Uh, you know that hated Brady. Tom- <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting. But uh, more interestingly, uh, Aaron Rodgers, when asked if he'll be playing with the Packers this season, kind of changed his tune a little bit uh, with the response, quote, I don't know, which is a little better for the Packers hopeful uh, than absolutely not. I'm not playing for them. Trade me. Yeah, no, that's definitely a lot better than what he said before. So you can see he might be changing his mind a little bit, changing his tune. He's realizing he's realizing 
his it feels like we talked about this is realizing his window is closing and uh he is uh he's gotta make sure he's he can get it well the nfl's got a real issue on their hands when it comes to quarterback talent this year because they're staring at a pop- possible season without aaron Rodgers and deshaun watson that's two of your top two, five two top five quarterback talents not playing this season. That's that's just a shame. But I right? mean, one 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 is under the control of the player and one yeah. is not. So one, yeah, one is well deserved, probably. probably. Yeah. Who knows that whole thing? Now he's paid him off. I wonder. That's the biggest thing. Are we going to see Deshaun Watson this year? Yeah. I mean, it's all speculation. It's all it's all up to, to the NFL. Like I think I, I don't think the NFL has officially made comment on it. I think they're waiting for the uh, city of Houston uh, to finish their actual investigation and release their findings. Um, but I I know that the NFL is taking this situation very seriously based on uh, their silence. Honestly, they're yeah. like not we're not taking a stance either way. We want to see how the how the city of Houston is going to handle this. Yeah, it'll be. It'll be pretty interesting. I mean, it doesn't look like he's going to get a criminal charge. And if he doesn't get a criminal charge, we didn't. Uh, Tyree Kill's situation, like his, his charges maybe, were dropped, but he still got a few games. So Yeah, it may be maybe like four games. I think is the it, it goes by, if like there are criminal charges, I think it goes by like it's the first, his first offense. So I think it's four games. Yeah, what they do, I mean, how crazy is it looking back that Adrian Peterson like missed a year? Right. For like spanking his kid. Like he did it too hard, obviously, but like like all this other stuff, like beating women right. stuff. It's like four games. They really made Adrian Peterson like miss a year for over spanking his kid. I, like can, like that's probably twelve hundred yards rushing. Yeah. At that point in his career. Where's where does he sit I on the all time like list? Third now or something? Yeah. Like right yeah. behind Frank Gore. Mm-hmm. So Frank Gore is at sixteen thousand. Adrian sure. Peterson's fifth. He's got yeah. a 14,820. No, yeah. So he'd have been at 15,000. Yeah. AP is just still chugging away. We'll see what he gets to. He's on a roster this year, right? He signed with somebody. Go see. Uh, I want to say, is he still with Detroit or Washington football team? No, I don't think he's with Detroit anymore. He was with them last year. He is currently with. I don't know. Has he signed? I don't think he signed yet. He'll be picked up before the year's over. Yeah. Someone will get injured in training camp. But yeah, so it's interesting that we find a little nugget with Aaron Rodgers in this Bryson DeChambeau situation. I the fact that he made that putt and he got a little bit over Brady. I'm hoping that that stirs his spirits a little bit, like. Yeah, I got to stick it to Tom again. I can't let him. <laughs> I can't let him get another Super Bowl over me in the NFC. Oh yeah, definitely. Like he's got to be like thinking, how can I make this work? How can yeah. I? How can I? How can I? Like, what do I need from Green Bay? Like, it might just be like, hey, I'll play this season. I need you to. I like. We need to restructure. I want to. I want to. I want to release at the end of the season. Yeah, I think that's the eventual thing they'll come to. It's like, yo, play with us one more year. We'll send you to the West Coast next year. I think that's what it'll <laughs> He's like, I'm ready to live and not this. Yeah. All right, let's transition over into uh, ESPN's going through a series right now where they are ranking the levels of defense. So we have the top 10 edge rushers so far. And then we have, they just came out with the top 10 linebackers thus far. So I think these are actually pretty fun rankings. Uh, let's kick it off with the linebackers. Oh, and they did the, they did the defensive tackles too. All right, so we can fly through. I'd be interested to see Football Scout 365's ranking on ranking. Well, that's what I was thinking. We could go over these now, and then we could, when Brandon gets back from vacation, do a comparative what Brandon's data says to their rankings. Um, So let's look at the – let's start at the defensive tackles first, the Uh, nitty-gritty. Obviously, your top two defensive tackles, Nate, who do you think they are? 
Aaron Donald and another one. He gets no respect, but he uh, he puts up incredible numbers three years in a row. It's the only reason their defense is half decent. Uh, Chris, Seattle Chris is he? Is it nope. Frank Clark? Chris Jones, Kansas oh, City Chris Chiefs. Yeah, Frank Clark uh, is defensive end as well. Yeah, um, that's who I was thinking of too. Yeah, Chris I was Jones. Like, I was like, oh, did he? Who did he get traded from? Chris Jones or Frank, yeah. Frank Clark? Chris Jones never got traded. I think he's been in Kansas City. Okay. Yeah, they re- he was he's their um what was the stat I read about him earlier? Uh Jones won twenty five percent of his single team pass rushes, third best among tackles. And Jones held up against double teams with a seventeen point five pass rush win rate with two blockers. That's insane. Um Aaron Donalds is the only one better at twenty four point two. Which is also insane. The pressure Aaron Donald puts from defensive tackle, like, don't get me started, is just unbelievable. Um, now, going down the list of defensive tackles, DeForest Buckner, a third. I love that pick. He made Phil Indianapolis's defense a top-five defense when he came over. He's really taken Leonard, their linebacker, the next level. The guy's just an absolute beast. Dude, I, I love Darius Leonard. Yeah. And then oldie but goodie Cam Hayward, Pittsburgh. Uh, hey. I mean, he's a defensive end, defensive tackle hybrid. The guy is just an absolute freak, and he's still playing at a very, very high level. Uh, Fletcher Cox, I feel like people were off of him last year, but he made he made a nice little comeback, and he's still up there at number five, fifth best tackle in the league. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons for the Tennessee Titans, he was a good draft pick last year. I actually liked the dude that. Um, Buffalo took in the defensive tackle. Uh, remind a lot of people Aaron Donald, but he he is not being good. I can't remember his name. He, he out of Houston. He has not been a good player. Yeah, I I know who you're talking about too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Leonard Williams last year he made the Giants defense defense decent at least eleven point five sacks. Uh, Steven T- Stefan Pittsburgh Steelers only team to have two people on this left list. Stefan Tuit, Cam Hayward, uh, Vita Via. We saw what he did last year for the Bucks when he came back in the playoffs. Really love that. And then rounding out Grady Jarrett from the Atlanta Falcons. I like Grady Jarrett. He's nice, but man, that that's like the only good player left on that yeah, team. Exactly. <laughs> um, Kenny. C- then rounding it out with the honorable mentions. Kenny Clark, Jonathan Allen. Love Jonathan Allen for Washington football team. Oh, yeah. uh, Quinton Williams. J.J. Watt, still up there. And uh, Akeem Hicks, the Bears. He's been around for a long time. Armstead, 49ers. Clayus Campbell, Baltimore Ravens. So you got the vets. You're starting yep. to see a young push up at the top, which which you like. We're seeing I, a transition I, from the past few years. I, I think uh, I think J.J. Watt is going to have a career year with uh, with the Arizona Cardinals. All right, all right. Um, you, I'll think, give you one chance to walk that back. A career no, I, year is best like, season. <laughs> sorry, maybe not a career. <laughs> we will see. We will see uh, Pro Bowl level numbers out of J.J. Watt again this season. Um, I, w- I will him, say him. I don't think we've ever seen a more talented combo. And I'm aware. I'm talking about even with uh, uh, Clowney. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever seen a more talented combo. Chandler, like Chandler Jones. Jones and JJ yep. Watt. That's and I think I think that's the thing. That's the thing. I think uh, Chandler Jones is going to take a significant amount of strain off of JJ Watt and him him knowing like JJ Watt's going to be able to load manage himself, so to speak. Like he's not going to have to go balls to the walls every down because he knows that he needs to make a play for that his team to stay in the game like between that and their the Arizona secondary like i think uh i think jj watts in for a in for a very solid season yeah no i i i think i agree with you taking the pressure off of him you know what him. i'm going to go for it i'm going to say jj i think jj i think jj watt and uh chandler jones will combine for the most sacks uh in 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 the NFL this season, the fact that Bud Dupree left Pittsburgh, I think that's plausible. Like I I think I think JJ Watt could have twenty sacks this year. 
Whoa. Wow. Really? We're going, we're going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm, yeah, I'm going to, I'm JJ Watt, 20 sacks this season. That's, that's a big prediction for an old man, my friend. I, I see JJ at tops and topping out around 12, having a good season. He's, he's just too old. Too many back problems now. We'll, we'll if see. anything, I, I can see Chandler, I can see Chandler Jones getting the 20 sacks. Chan- and here's the thing. Chandler Jones, contract year. <laughs> Chad, yeah. Chandler. Like we're gonna watch, we're gonna watch Chandler Jones and fucking JJ Watt just go after it this season. Chandler like I Jones, do not want to be a quarterback Jones. in the division. Good luck, Russell Wilson. Yeah. Good luck, Matthew Stafford. Enjoy your freshly torn ACL. Yeah. Jim Chandler Garoppolo. Jones gets no respect, dude. It's crazy. Like it's if you look at because for the last couple of years he's played in Arizona with zero help. Yeah. But still it's putting been up the numbers. Soul disruption on that line, and now he's, he's got it. He's averaged fourteen point five sacks per season from oh, from fourteen Chandler to nineteen. So good, yeah. Like, right, get ready for this. I think JJ Watt and Chandler Jones will be what we all wanted Bradley Chubb and Von Miller to be. Yeah, that uh, that one. That did I, not. I don't know. Bradley like, uh, Chubb and Von Miller might put it together this year though, because hey, Von's finally healthy. Bradley's playing at like a high it. level now. I would love to see that. Yeah. I just the bloodline in the Jones family is crazy. You got Chandler, you got light heavyweight champion, greatest of all time, arguably John Jones. Yep. And then their other brother, I think he was like an Olympic weightlifter or something like that. It's all three of them are like, oh, yeah. we're they're all just crazy. Athletes. They're all stupid, ridiculously talented. Well, for the edge rushers, this is who we have for ESPN's listing. They got Miles Garrett at number one. He's finally taking over that number one ranking. And the consensus on people voting this year, they all agreed he took that extra step last year in becoming the elite pass rusher that he is. And he beat double team blocking a lot better last year. That's what launched him to the number one spot. And I agree. I think we saw that with Cleveland last year. They wouldn't have been able to get it done without him, especially making that strong return after almost killing Mason Rudolph with a helmet. Uh, TJ Watt. You know, the guy, I really want to see what he's going to do this year without Bud Dupree. Because yep. TJ Watt, even in the in the voting here, they say that he's n- not even close to the athlete his brother was. He's, he's just not the most athletic guy ever. But his technique and the angles that he takes while rushing are just perfect. And he just has the best motor. So I, I want to see what he does without Bud Dupree on the outside. I mean, obviously, he still played well without him last year. So I don't think it's going to be that big of a problem, but he's going to see a lot more double teams this year, I imagine. But the best, the craziest part about TJ Watt is that he does this in a 3-4. He's not bad in coverage. He no. had two interceptions last year. So he's just oh, yeah. such an all-around player that it's it's incredible. Like that, yeah. like that, that ability strictly comes from pure athleticism, being able to read the ball, dropping back in coverage. Like mm-hmm. just like his look, he's got he's got the he's got the better, he's runs in the family at this point. All right, so I'm going to give you three players here. Mm-hmm. And you tell me where you'd order them. Because, honestly, I'm at the point where these guys that take all of them. And all of them do something great that the other one doesn't. Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Chandler Jones. Khalil Mack, Chandler Jones, Joey Bosa. In that order. I, man, I really don't think Joey Bosa gets, gets his due. Because he does get injured a lot. But he's just so good technique-wise. That is why he. That is why I'm not saying his technique is any worse than the other guys. I'm just saying he's the least available. So yeah, that that's why he goes. That's why he goes last in in line with those three. A lot of people thought Khalil Mack took a step back last year. I mean, Khalil Mack didn't really have much to play for last year either. That's true. That is true. But he only won 9.7 of his double teams last year, which is like his lowest percentage of his career. So we'll see if he bounces back this like, year. I feel like I feel like Khalil, Khalil Mack got got a massive contract, and I don't think he quit on anyone. But he's just depressed being in Chicago. Being if I wouldn't want to be in Chicago, like it's just a depressing situation. You're like, yeah. as a defensive player in Chicago, you're looking around you and being like, we can win a Super Bowl with the people that we have on that are around me and behind me. Yeah. And then you look at the offensive side of the ball and you go. Please, Lord, let Justin Fields be everything we've been dreaming. So we have Von Miller. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of people, a lot of people, just blindly think he's going to bounce back this year. I do too. I think it was unfortunate. I think he had a couple yips the last two, the year before last year, and then the injury last year. I think he's going to jump right back into it. And we've just forgotten how perfect of a pass rusher he is on the outside. The guy's motor is unbelievable. 
Yeah. I mean, he didn't it, he didn't tear his ACL, right? Or he didn't he didn't tear his Achilles. So I'm, it was just yeah. an ankle injury. I'm not super worried about his his explosiveness being in question. Any anytime I hear Achilles tear, I get worried. But because of the the scope of his injury, I'm not worried. I think he'll no. bounce back. I hear that. Um, then we have rounding it out the youngsters, Chase Young, Nick Bosa. Now here's a good question: Who do you want here? Bosa, three years older. He came out a little later. So who are you taking, Nick Bosa or Chase Young? I'm taking Chase Young because I think he has like Reggie White level potential. Like the guy's just an absolute freak. But Nick Bosa, like his rookie year, he pushed that San Francisco team to a Super Bowl. That defense, like Armstead was a beast, but Nick Bosa was like the reason. I'm taking Nick Bosa. Really? I think, outside, I think I'm saying outside, like sample size to sample size. Like, outside of week two, when Nick Bosa went down, Nick Bosa is just a monster. Like, Nick Bosa, like, Chase Young changes games, absolutely. But, but Nick Bosa basically carried that defense. No, for real. He's he's nasty. Political beliefs aside, but he's he's a nasty, nasty man. Uh, Cameron Jordan, number nine. I mean, oldie but goodie. That man's just been dominating for a decade now down in yeah. New Orleans. Like so, the, his consist his consistency is absurd. Yeah, and well, his athleticism too, because he's so people don't understand. Like, watch next time you're watching the Saints. Cameron Jordan is one of some of the longest arms for defensive end. Oh yeah, it's on. It's it's crazy. It's what makes him able to maintain even as he gets older. And then you have Daniel Hunter from the Minnesota Vikings. A little bit of an off year last year. Uh, Daniel but Hunter. The, yeah, Daniel Hunter. Excuse me. He's he's a beast though when it comes to rushing off the oh. edge. Not the greatest run blocker, but he, he's nasty. No, yeah, I mean Daniel. Like, D- if Daniel Hunter comes to play this year, like reality is going to be the Minnesota defense will be very very stout. I'm not saying he didn't come to play, but I'm just saying it will be interesting to see what the Minnesota defense can do because if they can stop, like I said, turn those some of those sevens into threes, they've got a team. Yeah. Uh, then we have honorable mentions. You have Shaquille Barrett right at the edge. He was obviously awesome for the Bucks last year. He's he's been a force for like what the last and four resigned. or five years. Yeah, and resigned at a discount. Uh, Zadarius Smith. He's pretty much been the Green Bay Packers' main force for like the past four years. Uh, Frank Clark. You mentioned Kansas City Chiefs. He's a big reason why they're still good, and he's helped Chris Jones out. Um, Brian Burns, youngster out of Carolina. He he had a great year last year. I think he, after their – because they went all defensive picks this year in the draft because their offense is set. So I think actually, like, I really love Carolina for a jump this year. I If the, some of those defensive picks pan out and Brian Burns takes that next step, you could be seeing Brian Burns at the top of this list next year. Oh, yeah. Uh, Matt Judon, he was the linebacker for the Ravens. Great edge holder, decent pass rusher. The Patriots, you're probably going to get some good uses out of him, and it's great to take him from a contender in your own division. And then rounding it out, you have Bud Dupree, who signed that huge deal with the Tennessee Titans, even though he's coming off an ACL, right? Yep. It'll yeah. be interesting to see how much of a system guy he is. he was and how mm-hmm. much – how much he benefited, how much his production benefited from T.J. Watt and vice versa. It, that's, I'm really interested to see how that rounds out for them. Because the, t- the Titans, that pass rush last year, it was laughing league, even though they signed Clowney. And I, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad Clowney got on a team early this year because I think all these off seasons of him not being in training camp and getting reps and everything have really affected him. So mm-hmm. I hope he gets a lot of reps this year. Uh, then let's fly through the linebackers, ESPN's top 10 linebackers. Um, at the top, who do you think is the number one linebacker in the NFL? Uh, Devin White. Man, is a freak. Only 23 years old. Last year, Devin White, he had over 100 tackles. He had, uh, close to 10 sacks. He was a great pass rusher. He does it all. The way Devin White can affect the the opponent's offensive side of the ball just by existing because of how much of a threat he is is absurd. I don't think we've ever seen a combination at the middle linebacker position for Devin White. Uh, I mean, I think he's 
this is this is too soon for me to say this, but he reminds me a bit of Ray Lewis. Uh, and I'm not saying he is Ray Lewis because that would be absurd and uh, I would have to be checked for like mental stability. But yeah. like the things he does reminds me of the way Ray Lewis affected the game. No, I, I honestly I don't even hate the comparison. Like he's a sideline like it, it sideline sca- player. Like it scares me. It like the, like I I don't want to say that because I'm like I'm like the way he affects the game is the way Ray Lewis affected the game. But if I say that, then I am now comparing Devin White well, to he's arguably not your the greatest true middle, middle linebacker, linebacker ever to play. He, yeah, he's not a true middle linebacker. True. He's 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 more of a hybrid. Like because they love running that nickel D or a stacked you know up what? formation. Better comparison, Luke Keekley. Yeah, man, even like an in-between. He's up there. He's going to be – the fact that he's only 23 and putting up these numbers is what's scary. I want to see what this guy's doing at 26, 27. That's, that's what I can't wait to see. And, well, well, the only team also to have two players on this list, Levante David, been doing it for over a decade, and he's number five on the list. So you got Devin White and the greatest teacher player – at the position, as yeah. we can see, for what he's done. Levante David, he's just been – he's the best coverage linebacker. He, it's been him and Bobby Wagner, but I feel like D- David's done it longer now. So I would take David over Bobby Wagner. Yeah. No, I would too. I mean, Levante David is, like, on the Bucks specifically, I wouldn't I wouldn't move him any – like, you keep you keep that you keep that core together as long as possible as long as they're being productive because heart and soul of the defense. Oh yeah. And uh, then oh go ahead, what were you saying? Just not, no, go for it. The number two linebacker, and it's crazy the churn that we've seen at this position from the 49ers in the last ten years. Fred oh, Warner yeah. is an absolute beast. Just it just makes me think so much whenever I see him. What if Patrick Willis was still there today playing at elite <laughs> level? Like, Patrick Willis had one of the f- best five-year stretches of anybody ever in the NFL at linebacker. The man was an absolute freak, and he just suffered some upper body injuries because he was a filthy player. He just yep. would not, he would try to tackle you, end you, every single play. And it tore down his body, and he just wasn't the same. Same with Navarro Bowman. That that combo of them two together were just absolutely beastly, and now you got Fred Warner picking it up and carrying it for. Uh, yeah, and he doesn't get a lot of credit. I feel like. Uh, oh, absolutely not. He doesn't get enough credit. Yeah, an AFC coach compared him to Luke Keekley. I think poor man's Luke Keekley. Luke Keekley is like a number three best linebacker ever, probably. Um, Bobby would- Wagner at number three, still sitting pretty. I mean, this guy's he's single-handedly held together the Seattle defense for oh, like yeah. the last four years. He's just an absolute He's like piece. he's like trade me he's pretty soon it's gonna be trade me, please. Yeah, probably. I um, can't carry this is you're it's too heavy. I him and Jamal carry. Adams though are a fun combo to watch when they move him up into That's the box. True. That is true. Uh Darius Leonard, number four. I think we saw him take the step last year. Where it beyond stats, he was really you saw his impact on the game, especially with DeForest Buckner in front of him. I like him at number four here. Dude, He's Chris really- Ballard picked him in the third round, and he has played. He has given the Indianapolis Colts first round like top five production. Yep. It's absurd how good he is. Yep. Uh, possibly the most athletic linebacker. That we've had even more so than Devin White, number six on the list, Roquan Smith, Smith from uh, Chicago. The guy, when it comes to speed, probably the fastest linebacker in the NFL. Like the guy's a beast. We finally saw he really took the step last year. In like, I feel like he had kind of been an underperformer, and he's finally starting to show what everyone thought he was going to be when they took him at. I think he was like four overall. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Eric Kendricks, one of the best coverage linebackers in the league. Minnesota Vikings, I don't mind that. Tremaine Edmonds, Buffalo Bills. We saw last year how much he started to step up at the end of the year towards the playoffs. He's the main reason the Bills' run defense was serviceable. Yep. Because that line was terrible last year. Uh, so oldie bad. but goodie, Demario Davis. feel like he's been the poor man's Levante David for the last decade in the NFL. <laughs> and he's, he's amazing. He's a great coverage linebacker, still doing his – the damn thing down in New Orleans. Uh, Miles Jack, Jacksonville Jaguars. Good young player. You know, it's, we'll see what 
uh, Jacksonville's defense rebounds with this year, but he's a great foundation there in the linebackers. And then you have all, we forgot one other good player on Atlanta's defense, Deion Jones in the middle. Just, he's an athletic freak. I'd like to see more consistency on a down to down basis, but Deion Jones is just absolutely disgusting. Um, him and Grady Jarrett are like their last hope. They're going to need a lot of things to go right for them to have a half serviceable defense. You mean put up 50 points a game? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Zach Cunningham, you know, we can't stop any points. So, like, if you don't put up 50, we're going to lose. Yeah, in uh, one NFL, NFC personal evaluator, evaluator said that he's not as aggressive as you'd like for a linebacker, which I could see that. He's more of a uh, sideline to sideline guy. Very good at chasing, very fast movement. Zach Cunningham has just gotten better and better as the years goes on, but he's just not th- – he's never reached the point of where he's elite. Like, he's just a good player. True. True. Devin Bush, Pittsburgh Steelers, Michigan man, Wolverine. Shout out Brandon Lumber. Um, <laughs> I feel like – one guy said, NFC exec said he would have been in the top 10 if he not gotten hurt last year. He's a, he has major ability. I agree with that. I feel like everyone's just kind of waited for him to take that elite step that we've seen Pittsburgh middle linebackers take all the way back to Farrier, uh, to it. Like, yeah, exactly. I We'll see. I think Devin Bush is going to take it. He's an amazing coverage linebacker. He's, he looked great last year before he got hurt. Um, he, we're just waiting for him to take the next step. He, more than anyone I could see, move to the top half of the list next year. Uh, Dante Hightower, he'll be coming back this year. They're going to need him. We saw a big missing gap with him in, not in the Patriots linebacker core. No, no, the Patriots were fine without Hightower. They, they, <laughs> hey, Woody, what are you talking about? The defense was great. Uh, same thing with C.J. Mosley. He'll be back this year as well with the New York Jets. So that'll that'll be interesting. That'll pay dividend. And Blake Martinez did a great job for the New York Giants last year. That's true. But yeah, that's ESPN's rankings of the uh, defensive linemen, linebackers, and edge rushers. So I'll be interested to see what uh, Brandon's rankings for Football Scout 365 is compared to those two. We'll do that in the next couple weeks. And then hopefully we'll cover, we'll touch on the cornerbacks and safeties as well. But let's transition over into our final little segment here, where, Nate, we are going to talk a little bit of Dynasty Fantasy Football. And, folks, for those of you that don't know what Dynasty Fantasy Football is, Nate and I personally have played a lot of fantasy football over the years. And uh, guys that we play with, they're they're veterans of it. We've all, most of the guys we play with have been playing since high school. We're in our late 20s to early 30s now. And, you know, those guys that keep with it and take the next step, this is where you end up. Because you get sick of doing redraft leagues. You're not sick, but it's just you're looking for that next step, that next echelon of skill and fantasy and how fun it is. And Dynasty seems to be that. If you can find guys that are going to be consistent and actually stick to something for the next seven to ten years. Dynasty is incredibly fun. So what Dynasty is, folks, uh, it's not a redraft league. Like, you know, every year, even in keeper leagues, you redraft the giant pool of players. Dynasty usually have 24 to 30-man rosters, and you hang on to all your players. So you're really running more of like a GM role. And you draft every year, you make cuts, you usually have a taxi squad where you can place five rookies on and then not bring them off the list for a couple years and let them develop if your team doesn't need them yet and they won't affect your final point total so you'll have a higher uh, rookie draft pick. And, you know, I've, I've been playing for a few years. I'm pretty, pretty, like, no with all with Dynasty now. I've been in a 16-team PPR Dynasty League now for, I think I'm going, we're going on our fifth season. And it's one of the most fun things I've ever done in fantasy. 16 teams. It's deep, that's deeper than any other league that I've been a part of. And it's, there's nobody ever on the waiver wire. Imagine, like, we play in a 14-team league. Imagine 24, so 48 people missing off the waiver wire. Just stuck on a roster. There's, it's just bare. The cupboards are bare every year. It's absolutely fun. But it, a good example of this for PPR 
um, Dynasty is I, I'm going through a rebuild right now. So I made a trade with my team one year because I was on I, – I could make a run to the finals, like this the championship. So I traded away uh, – who was it? I had a running back. Oh, I gave him Cam – Cam Newton, Tevin Coleman for Leonard Fournette. And then I made a trade where I got in Nelson Aguilar and that year with Carson Wentz, and I made a run all the way to the championship. But then it left me a little depleted because I had traded away, like, some of my best, some of my depth. So I'm in the middle of a rebuild right now. And it, within one – last year I sucked. But within one year in my 16-team team league, I, I don't want to bore you guys too much with this. But we have – I had Jared Goff was my only quarterback. And then I had Leonard Fournette. And then I had uh, Keenan Allen. And now this year, within one year, after some trades, I mean, I traded away Keenan Allen for injured Odell Beckham Jr. I know a lot of people, not a fan. I think he actually does bounce back a little bit. I'm going to try to trade him. Uh, I got Van Jefferson, and then I got a high – first round draft pick who actually turned into Trey Lance. So I got Trey Lance sitting on my taxi squad. I traded a future second round pick away for Jameis Winston. So now I got Jared Goff, Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston to round out my quarterback. I flipped Leonard Fournette into Kenyon Drake and um, Ryan Moster. So hey, I like, that's yeah. solid. I, I liked, I like that flip. And then I'm stacked with young wide receiver talent. I drafted Chase Claypool in the second round home run year before i just got Devonte smith uh, we got young van jefferson Cortland sutton coming off the injury so i'm gonna try to away trade away odell beckham or robert woods this year keep doing this but that's the funnest part about dynasty you don't even have to be a great team to have fun with your roster you can do like a real legit rebuild and trade throughout the year and it's for those deep fantasy football heads that's fun. Like, you rarely do you have fun when your team sucks. And my team was doing really bad. And I feel like I'm at a middle pack of contention now this year if a few things go my right, go my way. So I'm not hating it. Uh, Nate, was this your first fantasy team? The one that uh, – dynasty team? The one that we started? Uh, no, the first dynasty team uh, was, was uh, Empire Collective Auction Draft. Not a fan. Um, That's actually something to talk about. So Dynasty, we we started a league last year going into COVID, a buddy of ours, and it's a regular Dynasty league, but the twist is you have contracts. So there's actually a salary cap, and then you bid on everybody auction style. And it was really fun when everyone had a lot of time during COVID and everyone was like kind of missing work and had to stay home. Gave us something to do. But as things like regular life has picked up, I think as you were getting at, it's a little, it's, it's a bit much. It's a bit much. It is quite involved. It is quite yeah. involved. And uh, I don't, it's not that I hate it. It's just, uh, I prefer the, uh, the, the league we most recently drafted. Um, yes. So this is the one that we were getting to. Folks, I think I finally found the Mecca of fantasy enjoyment. If you are a big fantasy player, a fun fantasy enjoyment player like you've just you played every type of league this type of league brings the quarterback which is the most important position in football obviously back to the forefront of fantasy because honestly in like 12 14 team leagues the difference between i think the number one quarterback slot and the eighth quarterback slot last year was 61 points over a whole season so there's really no point in drafting a quarterback that high if the point total is going to be that close. But so super flex, what a super flex league is, is it gives an extra flex position that you can start any player in, including quarterbacks. So if you at which most teams, almost all of the good teams, at least are going to have two quarterbacks starting because they get you the most points each week. So when you have, say you draft Patrick Mahomes, but then you draft drop all the way in like your second quarterback, say Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, you're not going to have the greatest season because it's going to even out. You have like the one and possibly down or Jared Goff. You got the one and possibly down at the bottom on that Detroit Lions team. So but if you grab Patrick Mahomes and say Kirk Cousins, who is like a bottom starter in a regular league, you're going to have the best quarterback duo in the league, probably because you have the number one and right outside of a number one starter. 
back to back. So that's a great combo. And it just takes the quarterback to being back to being the first, the most valuable position in fantasy. And I'm having a lot of fun with it, man. I've wanted to try Superflex for a while, and it's been it was really fun drafting it. I'm glad we're doing it. I I, I liked what you did with your quarterback position. Who did you grab? Tell us your strategy on that. Uh, I dra- I think I drafted fifth overall, and I picked Lamar Jackson. Um, I wanted Josh Allen, but he was taken second overall. And then I want to say two running backs back-to-back wins, and then Lamar Jackson was available, so I took him. He's young. Um, His production, I think, is going to continue to increase. But keep in mind, like, the quarterback waiting in our fantasy league is slightly different simply because we have a uh, a six-point touchdown, uh, passing touchdown league. Yeah, so that, that that's, I think, why Lamar got a little bit of a knock because he yep. had the six six point passing touchdown. But I do believe he actually goes for a career high with passing touchdowns this year. Um, I uh, I do like the risk that you did. You know, I'm a big Trey Lance guy. I think he's going to be the best quarterback all said and done when it comes out of this draft class. And you went high with him. What'd you take him in the fourth round third round uh, i want to say the fifth i got kyle pitts in the uh, in the fourth yeah you um, went with the youngsters yeah yeah i didn't i was trying not to overvalue the talent but i know that he's the future of that franchise and typically you put kyle shanahan with a quarterback and a decent run game and you're gonna get a yeah i got him in the fifth round fifth overall pick in the fifth round nice. um so that's gonna be a scary combination running wise because you could have four starting running backs with Starting quarterback production, though, if you if Trey Lance gets going in the next couple of years during Lamar's prime, that's going to be a dynamite combo. Oh, absolutely. Start. Uh, now, me, I went the other way. I was at the end of this draft, so I it's a snake draft. I grabbed the last pick, so I had back-to-back at the end of the first rounds. And I felt people were overvaluing, like, really young players at first because – I had Alvin Kamara fall to me at the end. I'll take him even without Drew Brees. I think they're gonna he's gonna have the most rushing yards he's ever had, at least this year. And then um I went extra young to make up for Alvin Kamara, who's still only 25 in the prime of his career. And I went extra young with the young Justin Jefferson at the top pick of the first round. My wide receivers are actually incredibly young. It gave me uh I could had the luxury of being able to take DeAndre Hopkins in the fourth round because no one drafted DeAndre Hopkins to the fourth round, which is insane to me. But, like, I know he's 29, but the guy's still got, like, three, four years of elite uh, productivity, and, like, he's so smooth. He's going to be one of those wide receivers to still put up 1,000 yards. Oh, yeah. It's going to be nuts. Yeah. So I'm really excited with him. I have actually a really young core of wide receivers. I went very, very young. I I got – Jalen Waddle, the rookie, uh, Michael Pittman Jr. as well, and then I, I, Kadarius Tony as well. So that's three first-round wide receiver picks. No, Pittman was a second. I think he takes a big jump this year. Um, it gave me the opportunity, though, to be able to grab Antonio Brown near the end of the draft, I feel yep. like. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I, I, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, and people slept on Zeke, too. What? I don't understand all the hate on Zeke, man. It's crazy. Even in a dynasty, like, the Cowboys are still paying this man elite money. It's 100% recency bias. It really is, because Zeke, in his worst year, where his starting quarterback fractures his ankle, he loses three starting linemen, he was still the number nine overall running back. It makes zero sense. In his worst year, he averaged four yards of carry and was the number nine fantasy back when everything went to hell on his team. It makes zero sense to me. So my thought process is I could have the number one wide receiver, the number one and two running backs at the end of the day, if I, I might have them in this league. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. You are uh, you are sitting you're sitting very well at the skill positions. Yeah, we'll see. My, now, I did run a little risk on quarterback. So in a super flex league, people, they value quarterbacks. You saw like the top six picks. Where quarterbacks? I waited all the way into uh, no. The- it was it went so that's the weird thing is uh, it went quarterback, quarterback, running back, running back, quarterback, quarterback. So it was the, the four out of the top six picks were uh, quarterbacks. It went Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Uh, the third pick was who did Tristan pick? Uh, I think he picked quarterback. 
Oh, he picked Kyler Murray. So Kyler yeah. is so yeah. So five out of the six. So it went Mahomes, Allen, Murray, uh, McCaffrey, Jackson, Herbert. Yeah, that's in nah, nasty selections. And whoever got Justin Herbert at the end of that, they're not gonna, they are not gonna regret that. Youngest, uh, mo- they, one of the most valuable. Not. It was uh, it was rebellion. I do give rebellion and uh, Caleb a lot of credit. Uh, they are good commissioners. They they keep the activity big. I I think it's gonna be fun being in their league. I'll give it. I'll give them that. Um, but yeah, guys, if you haven't tried Superflex, go try it out. It's a different beast. It's also a tight end premium league, so it makes tight ends that much more valuable because it adds an extra half point per reception at that position because they don't get as many targets as other positions. So it makes having uh. George Kittle having Travis Kelsey having Wall Darren Waller that much more valuable because if Darren Waller puts up a hundred receptions, that's an extra fifty points on the year. That's that's pretty nasty. <laughs> it, it it could definitely swing some teams. Yeah, it's it's a very deep deep fun league. I can't wait for the season to kick off. It's, it's definitely be an fun. interesting makeup. Yeah, for sure. I in the future would like to play in a super flex redraft league i i would like to get involved with that because i think it'd be fun to have to draft two quarterbacks every year i think it would boost a lot of fun in a redraft league so that'll be something to look at in the future if you haven't but to close out the show i guess you could say like there's always fun fantasy stories i've thought about doing a segment like this we asked the listeners uh send us their fun funny league stories and stuff like that me and nate actually have a pretty (laughs) colorful history when it comes to fantasy uh actually before the season before we started this podcast it's it's honestly amazing that we've worked together <laughs> this this long now because me and nate oh man it was their bad blood in fantasy still is sometimes just in fantasy where uh do you would so i'm gonna tell this story as unbiased as possible um nate is the devil and <laughs> I will often refer to him as that when anytime fantasy comes up. And me and him had been talking trades, and I told him specifically that I wasn't going to trade. He he knew Saquon Barkley was my favorite player because I am a Giants fan, and I had tried to bring him home for a couple years because he had kept him. But here's the thing: let me tell you who my keepers were going to be if I didn't go after Saquon Barley Barkley. And boy, did I learn my lesson. I was going to keep the young DK Metcalf in the 11th round and Ronald Jones in the 15th round. So I would have had running back 12 and wide receiver number three was in the 11th round and 15th round. Oh, so I tried to go after Saquon Barkley. I told him I wasn't going to send any high picks. I'd be willing to do favorable pick swaps in a few rounds. And I sent him an offer and uh, he he kind of showed a little bit of interest, and but I I had never traded picks before in a redraft league, so I didn't put two and two together that you had to include the pick of the guy that you'd be keeping. So I needed his first rounder with the player. So I sent the trade without the first rounder in it and just Saquon Barkley. And this mofo denied it, and then said send it again because I was I was talking a little sideways. <laughs> Like, you're overvaluing Barkley. And he just hit accept. And then so I'm sitting there celebrating, like, oh, look at me. I got Saquon. And then I got a couple dudes hitting my phone. And they're like, yo, you know, you you can't keep him because you don't have a first-round pick, right? I was like, what? So it was a huge misunderstanding. And uh, Nate Nate pretty much didn't want to give give my pick back. I mean, to, to be fair, it was a huge misunderstanding on one side. <laughs> See, the knew. other side, he the knew. other side completely understood what happened. Oh, God. And thus started one of the ugliest fantasy arguments you've ever seen in a league chat. It was messy. You had all the commissioners on the phone running interference between us, just cursing each other's mothers, saying the worst things you could possibly say about each other. Just it was it was bad. It was really bad. There was real beef. But, you know, I feel like Karma s- smacked us both that year, though, because uh, <laughs> we, we both ended up near the bottom of the league. Sa- Saquon ended up getting injured in the f- 
second or third game and ruining like my se- season. Week two, Saquon Barkley down, torn ACL. Wildest part season. is somehow I convinced Nate to take back Saquon Barkley <laughs> for James Conner. So Nate actually loaded up somehow. Well, I, I, to be fair, I got James Conner and AJ Green. And AJ Green. And honestly, I, I was bummed about giving away AJ Green. I thought he was going to do better than he did last year, but obviously he hit the wall last year. But, um,. What's it called with – then you ended up swinging a trade, though, for Christian McCaffrey, too. So a lot of people knocked you on taking injured Christian McCaffrey. But you had Saquon and injured Christian McCaffrey this year. And then you flipped both of them for second-round picks. So I, And then you acquired Nick Chubb. So now you're sitting with an extra second-round pick or two extra second-round picks. I have two, I have two, I have, I have two second-round picks. Um, and I've got – I've got Nick Chubb, and I've got two fifths. I gave up a fourth, uh, but yeah, no, I'm. Uh, I I I don't expect that I'm going to be uh, making or reaching on any of my draft picks. Uh, I don't have a third or a fourth, but I've got two seconds and uh, and a, and uh, Nick Chubb in the first. So that's not bad, dude. You're sitting pretty. You'll have a lot of top end talent this year. That is that is the hope. That was the hope in making that trade. If this doesn't work out, I'm done trading picks for the rest of my life. That's, <laughs> we, that's the end of it. We could use a nice, uh, a nice turnaround for both of us in yeah, that league. No, I, One of our like, long I think we're both. I think we're both set up um, to to be to be pretty good. Um, I'm, I'm, I learned my lesson. I should have gone with the youngsters last year in keeping. So I did it this year. I'm keeping Cam Akers in the third, mm-hmm. and I'm keeping C.D. Lamb in the sixth. So I like both of those value wise. So we'll I mean, see. I'm, I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try. Like honestly, if like I'm trying to, and we've discussed this. I'm trying to trade trade back. Trade basically, I have the second overall pick, which I acquired from uh, Brandon Lundberg. Shout out, coach. Um, and trade back, uh, maybe swap some picks, uh, move up at some draft positions. Um, and if I can't do that, it might just be better off for me to trade uh, Nick Chubb and uh, draft at the second second overall position. Um, because that way then I can keep a different running back or someone else at a different position on my roster. Um, and I don't have to keep Nick Chubb in the second cause likely he will fall to me anyways. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we're going to be doing some more fantasy rankings for drafts and stuff as the season inches a little bit closer. We've decided to just tickle a little bit of fantasy stuff today touch on because a lot of leagues are just starting to gather and stuff. So as you're looking for leagues this year, Maybe look into a dynasty league. Try it out. It's it's a lot really fun. Make sure you do it with people that you know are going to be consistent fantasy players over the next five to ten years because the leagues are only fun if they're built to last because you're getting younger players. You have to rebuild sometimes. That is a big part of it. So really vet the guys and how responsible they are that you bring into your league. And then look at trying to superplex. Bring the most important position in football back to the top of fantasy because it was it's weird having quarterbacks that hold that little value in a regular league. It just makes sense to me now that I'm in one. It's like, oh yeah, this makes perfect sense. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think it's gonna be good. I think uh, this league will be fun. Uh, I think I'm done joining new fantasy leagues because uh, I uh, I can't handle I can't handle too much trash talk. <laughs> I can I can only dish out a certain amount of trash talk before I actually start having before it starts getting personal and like. Hey like, man, tale as old as time, dude. P- fantasy leagues, trash talk getting too wild. That's just something that happens. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And and C- CSPN, who's missing? Shout out CJ. Uh, One of the greatest trash being, talking. Yeah, prize, yeah I, I, will, I will bow down. <laughs> CJ is, is is probably top three trash talker all time, right behind Jordan and Kobe at this point. <laughs> doesn't matter. Like like reality, it doesn't matter. Right. Even back. Rivals the disrespect of Kevin Durant, uh, Kevin Garnett sometimes. Oh, uh, all right, that's true. Kevin Garnett, <laughs> still, still, man. I, I put, I put CJ, CJ, and Kevin Garnett in a room at this point and, and see who can talk, talk more smack. Give me C, dude. Give me C. C. You'll right. hurt his feelings. <laughs> it's feeling bad. Kevin Garnett will like, like, feel like be going to jail with an assault charge after that. <laughs> I cannot contain. My rubber band was gone. 
Well, guys, that is going to wrap it up for us today, though. Me and Nate, solo show. Uh, as always, check out our Instagram at the number five tool sports podcast. Check us out on uh, TikTok at the number five tool sports podcast. Got content coming soon. YouTube channel as well. Um, also, check out our sister site, Football Scout 365. It'll change the way you look at fantasy. There's a lot of amazing statistics Brandon has put together there. The guy's just a human statistician. It's unbelievable. He actually just got a job, shout out Brandon, working in statistics for a statistic company for fantasy and NFL organizations and college organizations. The man is on his way to making money, like putting stats together. Super proud of the dude. Super happy for him. Um, go show Football Scout 365 some love. Shout out M Cash for the fire theme song. And that's it for us, baby. We out. We out. My mama says you know that I ain't living right. I'd rather chase my dreams and live with regrets. Sometimes I think I let my demons get the best. But God be watching me with every step. So many nights, man, I was stressing and finessing. Had to hustle to acquire a check. Man, I'm just glad that I'm allowed to tell my story. What's the testimony without a test?